here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Wooten. Allen fires it. It's a wide open! Remarkable! Touchdown, Buffalo! Davis again! This is... It just is impossible! A strike! to try to make it a three-point lead. Circling around at the 18. Now looks. Flings it back in the end zone. There's Diggs. Caught it for the two. Down the middle. It's Hill in the open. Cuts it upfield. He might be gone. He is. Kansas City takes the lead with a minute to go from 64. Incredible yards. Well, we talked about Josh Allen. in 17 seconds. Down the middle to the end zone! And there it is! Touchdown number four on the night for Davis. Hail Mary kicks. Got to throw it right away right now someone in the middle. Down the middle. Oh my goodness! It's going to be a 48-yard attempt. Only 48 yards. That's what it'll be. So are hundreds of thousands around the planet. The kick is good! It's going overtime! Looking to the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Chiefs to the championship game! Welcome to the show, uh, Bill's post-mortem episode uh, this week, Nick, and we always kind of keep it light and fun on the podcast, but this one, days later, still hurts, right? Like, I'm still sick to my stomach for the Bills, for Josh Allen, for the fan base. Just when you let yourself get wrapped up in it and think, ah, it's finally going to break our way for a change, right? It's heartbreak all over again for this franchise. Honestly, unbelievable that we're here talking about a loss that, I mean, this has to be top five, maybe top three, and... Bill's got wrenching losses in history, right? This is this is where we're at. Yeah, Ryan. There's already uh, there's already a debate. Uh, Music City Miracle, thirteen seconds. That's you know, number wide one, right? <laughs> you know where 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 are we with all these now? And it, I really it doesn't matter. They're all in like the same tier as far as I'm concerned because this one really felt like um, for uh, for for Sabers fans, listeners, a lot of people were comparing this one to. When the Sabres, they came out of the NHL lockout and they were so good. They won a President's Trophy for the best team in the regular season. And I guess all of a sudden in the playoffs, uh, they had a rash of injuries. They had like no defenseman to play and they ended up losing in the conference final. So kind of relatably, it was like before the final final. But it really felt like, man, like this is our year. This is going to happen. Like, like finally. And then what happens, happens. And it's just this was um saying to you, uh, uh, Ryan, in one of our in one of our text threads that we got going on throughout the week, that uh, you know I'm usually a, a little bit of a you know I don't want to say I'm a cynic, but you know I usually try to be a uh, level-headed writer here and uh, give my honest takes on everything and just uh, not even like a fandom thing. That, like 
and I, I just said it when we got on the phone. I had to go back and watch like NFL.com on, on YouTube has like a 17, 16 minute like highlight reel of the game. I had to go back because I legitimately was like, what? What the hell happened like before 157 was left on the clock when Gabe Davis caught that? Because I he caught that wide open in the end zone, and I guess like everything went blank. Like I don't even remember what happened. Yeah. And yeah. then everything just stacked up from there, and I had to go back and watch all the highlights, go see it again. And it was just insanity. Um, you know, uh, a lot to unpack here, Ryan. But, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from here. It's even someone who tries to be objective as I try to be. Even I was like, what the hell happened? And oh, I didn't even know how to feel the next day. I Even the next day, I woke up and was just like, I, I don't even know what I just witnessed. <laughs> it was it was that kind of different level where even Nick was like, whoa, this was this hit differently. It's just, uh, it's like a hangover. It's like Isaiah McKenzie's been tweeting. He's in, he's in, uh, he's in the, the, what is it? The five stages of grief. Yes. He might be in like the sixth or seventh stage now, Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, this is where we're yeah, all he at. Might be. And, and as you said, there's a ton to unpack, especially in those final 13 seconds of regulation and over t- the overtime rules. We'll get to all that. I want to get to Josh Allen as well. Gabe Davis. I mean, what those guys did, what Josh Allen did in this game was unbelievable. All time stuff. Um, but just a quick shout-out to the listeners. If you've been listening throughout the uh, the regular season, thank you. We appreciate the support, and we appreciate you finding us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just search for the Bills Wire and hit that subscribe button. All right, so I think in this game, the devil is in the details. And I think, first of all, before we get into these second guesses, and I want to start with you know the Bills going ahead again with 13 seconds left and kicking off to the Chiefs. That's where I want to start. We'll get into some second guesses there. But I think, number one... I think the Bills were gassed on defense, right? The Chiefs had the ball for 22 minutes in the second half in overtime. A 2-1 to time of possession advantage. They ran 45 plays to the Bills, 31 plays over that span. That 75-yard touchdown bomb to Gabe Davis, which is like, what a moment. But it was one play. On the first play of a drive, the Bills' defense had to keep going back out there and battling with Mahomes, that physical and mental battle. I think at the end of the game, we saw the Bills completely gassed and kind of out of answers on defense. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely a point to be made uh, extending. I mean, the Bills actually did a decent job. There's a little bit of, yes, of course, the one play situation with Gabe Davis is is legitimate. I mean, it was huge. It was great. We all love to see it. But, you know, there is that defensive side to it. That actually was kind of, I thought, set up a little bit by the Bills. They were dinking and dunking earlier on in the game, which was good. They had some long drives early in the game. But then by the time the second half kind of rolled around, it was like, all right, they can't get off the field. And I think even that showed in 13 seconds in that, that time span. And I think it also showed um, in the overtime. I mean, the Bills, they called a couple timeouts in the 13-second area, which Sean McDermott talked about today. And unfortunately, uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Pat Mahomes talked about uh, after the game where they said that actually helped them. Uh, they, they The idea McDermott said was, uh, hey, let's get a good look on what the Chiefs are going to do. Well, the Chiefs and elite offense got to look at what the Bills were going to do, and uh, and that's good on a rabbit hole. But that really backfired on the Bills badly. Um, there's even there's even sound uh, on the from on the field, uh, you know, corroborating uh, Patrick Mahomes' story about that, which is pretty insane. Um, kudos to them. But yeah, but then in the overtime, what I was going to get to there, Ryan, was the Bills end up not taking any any timeouts. Um, you know, the Chiefs are rolling out of the gate. They're getting their way down the field. You know that. Potentially the game is going to, um, you know, the game's going to come down to a play here. And um, the Bills just, they, they just seem so gassed on offense, just beyond gassed and, uh, or on defense, pardon me. And they never used any, uh, no timeouts in overtime. And I mean, Travis Kelsey, uh, he got, he got, he got open on Matt Milano there, unfortunately. And that's what elite tight ends do. And that was all she wrote for the Bills. Yeah. It's not only the Bills 
using timeouts, Nick, it was what they did after those timeouts that I want to get to here coming up. But here's second guess number one. It's been talked about ad nauseum, but I want to get your take on it. Uh, it was the kickoff out of bounds. The Bills deciding to kick the ball off out of bounds with 13 seconds left. Could they have made it harder on the Chiefs by going with a squib? Uh, the squib kick kind of scares me a little bit because couldn't the Chiefs just pounce on top of it, Nick, and you know give themselves up and then you may, maybe they get better field position? So what I would favor is the pop-up kick, right? Popping it up high, short of the goal line, forcing the Chiefs to return the ball. Make them run four, five, six seconds off the clock. And in that case, you just got to stop the guy. Maybe they were terrified after Tyreek Hill ran 65 yards for a score that they were terrified the Chiefs would gash their special teams. I don't know. But I think that's a legit second guess, right? Why not pop it up short? Why not force the Chiefs to return it and run clock? in Because that clock starts as soon as the Chiefs touch the ball. Yeah, there is uh, a lot of debate going on right now uh, with this, Ryan, because, you know, as we said before, even if it was before we started recording that, uh, you know, Sean McDermott didn't say a thing about this scenario at all. He kind of dodged every question. But the only thing he said is is he, he was disappointed in the execution. He did say that he was disappointed in his 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 the defense's execution there. I mean, you gave Me him 40. Regardless, I think everyone can go, okay, and even the defense can go, okay, yeah. But um, he also left it a little bit blank there, uh, fill in the blank on, well, what else in terms of the kick was not good execution-wise? Like, did he tell Tyler Bass to pop it up? Did he? I don't think he told him to squib it. I mean, because if he's going to squib it, he's going to kick it completely different. I mean, you can almost make the case that, I mean, I'm not a kicker, but, you know, when you're kicking it 60 yards, 50 yards on the field, you're kind of like, well, maybe did he misjudge it? Did he kick it too hard to go out of the end zone um, uh, type deal? Uh, is that what happened? I, I, I don't know. He, he left he left a complete blank slank there for us to fill in the blank. Or maybe there was a situation where did did – did McDermott go, I want to squib kick the ball. And then maybe other people on the coaching staff are like, no, let's, let's, let's kick it all the way down. Let's, let's, we got this, the defense has got it. And they ended up not having it. So there were, there's a lot of different blanks that we can be filled in here. Um, you know, a, a lot of different coaching decisions in the last minute. Again, the Chiefs ran two plays. They got a 44 yards. And on those two plays, he called timeouts before both of them. Uh, the idea he said was, yeah, we wanted to get a look at what they were going to do. So we called timeouts, which, Great. On paper, that sounds good. But you're also giving an elite offense a chance to see what you're going to do. Um, and I kind of tease the story there, Ryan, but I don't know if you saw this, but um, over at Chiefs Wire, they accidentally uh, tipped me off on it. And I kind of put two and two together um, that after the game, Pat Mahomes was like, you know, we came out. Buffalo called the timeout. We came out. We saw what they were going to do. Uh, Kels, Travis Kelsey, you know, they're, they're boys. So he's, I'm going to roll with the nickname too. Kels was like, uh, hey, they're playing off of me. Uh, no matter what play we call here, <clears throat> excuse me, um, if they if they show the same coverage, I'm going to run up the seam because they're not going to be there. And you heard on the hot mic on the field, <laughs> Pat Mahomes said, Kels, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so he ran right up the field and he got the 25 yards and boom, timeout. And that was it. So that combined with, you know, I mean, everything here is hindsight 2020. And I do level with McDermott on, on that a little bit. But. Who messed up? Well, execution-wise, who messed up? Okay, we know the defense messed up. Everyone, you know, with eyes knew that the defense messed up and really has to hold the team to, you know, uh, less than 44 yards in 10 seconds of game time because there's still three, th- three seconds left. Who knows what could happen if he had 20 seconds, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the squib kick, that would have been a way. Um, I think, ironically enough, we, we mentioned too, Ryan, that uh, the Music City Miracle, the plan actually in that game, the Bills, executed it to a T they had they 
I think it was Steve Christie at the time was their kicker. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he he punted the booted the ball. He booted up high, but that ended up that lot. What was it? Kevin Dyson or whatever that allowed him to get all the way to the other side of the field. And then the Music City Miracle happened. So no matter what, the, the more you keep digging here, the more the more pain it is. Uh, is yeah. what I'm getting at. <laughs> the more the more you dig in, the more you think that the Bills are just terrified. They were terrified some disaster was going to happen on special teams. They were afraid that there was going to be another Music City miracle that the Chiefs were going to run right past them, go for a touchdown or something, or get or run across the fifty. Uh, you know, and and again, the way the you were just hitting on this, they're playing off Travis Kelsey. They were way too soft on defense in the fourth quarter, Nick. They're 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 playing off yeah. the, the the whole time. So on the Chiefs' go ahead touchdown drive, we forget that when the Bills were up with two minutes left, Mahomes had a third and ten throw to Travis Kelsey. Third and ten. Uh, yep. Th- which was way too easy because the Bills gave him a free release and the crosser to Tyreek Hill that he broke for the 64-yard touchdown. I mean, Levi is right on him, but he doesn't press him. He he just kind of runs with him. He doesn't get his hands on him at the line of scrimmage. The Bills were were doing this throughout the second half. It was maddening. It's like, get physical with these guys. Uh, and then the big second guess here, and you just hit on it, is this like prevent defense thing the Bills had with 13 seconds left. The Chiefs are at their 25. All right, you kick the ball out of bounds, fine. They still got to go 40 yards at 13 seconds, right? Not a very high percentage situation for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs line up with this three wide receiver bunch thing, and the Bills have everybody back. They're the closest defender is like eight yards back, and that allowed the Chiefs to run this little quick throw to Hill with blockers in front of them, little 19-yard gain in five seconds. It's like, what, what are we doing here, right? Great little play by the Chiefs. Terrible by the Bills coming out of a timeout, as you mentioned. And uh, then the last throw, again, just an easy timing throw, Mahomes to Kelsey. That's this is one thing that's bothered me, uh, Nick. In the aftermath, is everybody just Romo? I mean, we're always got to live with the clips of Romo with his pants off in the in the booth, pleasuring himself over Mahomes. Right? Oh, Mahomes, he's the only guy that can do this. And you go on Twitter, and no other you know, just people tweeting about this as we speak. No other quarterback could do what Mahomes just did. The Bills are playing off him. This is like a seven on seven throw, Kelsey yeah. free release on his break, balls on time. Like, that's a seven-on-seven throw. <clears throat> Bills made it way, way too easy for them to gain. What was it, Nick, you said? 44 yards? Yep, 44 uh, In yards. 10 seconds. I mean, it is just unbelievable that they gave them those kind of cushions. They're going to have to live with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious on that, too, if maybe the execution part was maybe, I don't want to say a dig at Leslie Frazier, but he's the defensive play caller. Um, I don't know if that was just an exe- like execution by, you know, word of, you know, word of thumb, like give the players didn't execute it. Like that's not what they wanted them to do. Um, I don't know who it was, but uh, certainly on defense, whoever was responsible for doing that um, in terms of playing off. I mean, that just seems kind of something obviously don't give them at least like, all right. A lot of people were saying it's, it's very easy, you know, again, 2020 vision that you could, you should have maybe whatever tackle Tyree Carroll off the line. Give him five yards. Who gives a crap? Yeah, like, I think that's another one. I like that. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? That's a lot easier to say. But if anything, you know, just get up there, get hold him space. Uh, yeah. On top of this, if, even if you give him a holding, even if you chip him and then he gets a little bit by you, I'm sorry. Is it is it me? Am, am I taking crazy pills or do they have two all pro safeties behind them? Like, those two guys, you, can, you didn't trust them enough. Exactly. I don't exactly. I, I don't understand that you get two all pros, all pros, best in the business next to each other behind uh, two cornerbacks that were um, essentially both undrafted. I mean, Dane Jackson was a seventh round pick. Levi Wallace was undrafted. That's not a knock on him. His story is remarkable. Shout out Levi. He walked out of the University of Alabama. It's great. But no offense to Dr. Davies White out there. Uh, you're not an all-pro safety. Um, 
I would have put a little bit more trust in those guys. And um, yeah, again, I mean, and on top of that, uh, you know, I, I understand that you want to get a good look at what the elite offense is going to do uh, by calling the timeouts, but you gave the elite offense time to see what you were going to do as well. You know, they're, they're paid over there too, as, as you know, Josh Allen likes to see all the time. They are paid on that side of the ball too. <laughs> and they knew, and, and man, they were really paid on that, that sideline. Yeah, I, I don't know who didn't execute there. I think it's on Sean McDermott. It's not Leslie Frazier's call anymore. At the end of that game, that's McDermott. I mean, we're all huddling up. We're calling timeouts. Yeah. It's on him. So uh, Yeah, right, I, th- I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's a fair assessment. Who didn't execute? Who didn't execute, Sean? You know, like, I, I just don't get that. Uh, that whole sequence was so bad. Uh, and then the ball game goes to overtime. Chiefs win the toss. We all know what happens next. So we'll get into that. What do we feel about the overtime? The Bills not getting a chance to touch the ball. We'll cover that. Um, and I also want to get into some silver linings, Nick, about just how great Josh Allen played, how great Gabe Davis was in this game, uh, how great the Bills were. Brian Dayball uh, down nine points at Arrowhead Stadium, playoffs, late third quarter. I mean, that was an unbelievable uh, game by the Bills. They, they took the lead twice, uh, you know, multiple comeback drives by Josh Allen in the fourth quarter. And, and that's what we're going to get to here coming up next. But. There's going to be a nickname for this game eventually, right? We got the Music City Miracle, Wide Right. Like, what is this one? Thir- I think people are start going 13 seconds. I think yeah. that's the front runner out of the out of the gate. I, I don't know what else you can go with at this point other than 13 seconds. It is a pretty good one. Yeah, I had, 13 seconds, Ryan. I had I had 13 <laughs> seconds in Kansas City, but you take out in Kansas City, make it a little cleaner. 13 seconds. That's yeah, it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, 13 seconds. I think it's top three. Bill's heartbreak all time. Um, so we'll continue to pick our way through it, and uh, we're going to get into Josh Allen's game right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast, presented by SportsBookWire.usatoday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's NFC Championship matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Our friends, Typico Sportsbook, have the Rams favored 3.5 points and the total sitting at 45.5. I'm on the total in this game. Um, The total has gone under three of the last four Niners-Rams meetings. More money is on the under. More of the public is on the over. Typically, you want to follow the money and fade the public when sports gambling. So give me under 45.5. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? So Jimmy G sits 20th in completions over 20 yards, and the 49ers are 1-3 over under as road dogs. Couple that with a strong Rams defense, and I'll also be taking the under 45 and a half. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. It was was tough, you know, to to be in that moment. Um, Again, had a lot of respect for for Pat. You know, he throws a winning touchdown and he comes straight over and finds me. Um, You know, to to be in that situation and to do that, that was pretty cool of him to to do that. And, um, you know, just... Obviously, it sucks the way way it happened. Um, you know, we we wanted to win that game. We had our opportunities, and uh, yeah, I, I taking it all in and hoping holding on to that feeling and 
uh, making sure that, you know, we don't, we don't feel like this again. And, uh, you know, like I said, back to back years in the same spot, um, it's tough to take in, but, you know, it's part of the game. It's part of the learning process. And we got to, again, we got to use this and figure out how we can be better and um, how we can, uh, you know, accomplish what we want to accomplish. All right, Nick, silver linings for the Bills and Bills Mafia here. Hard to see right now. Um, but I think what Josh Allen did in that second half was, wasn't that, it was legendary, right? I mean, Gabe Davis, Brian Dayball, everyone involved, they all deserve credit. But Josh Allen, that wasn't that goat level. Like, that was like robot, ice in the veins, alien stuff from Josh Allen. Uh, from the moment he got that ball down nine points with, uh, what was it, 206 left in the third quarter, he was on another planet. He was on, he was in this like trance in this zone and he was unbelievable from that point forward. I mean, what a, what a supreme effort by him. No one's going to look at him. I mean, he set so many, he set so many records, just like every time he steps on the field and a clutch game for the bills, it feels like, I mean, included in that was legitimately these two playoff outings that he had. I, I can't remember verbatim what, what, the actual um, records were, but I think it was like the most touchdown passes from a quarterback like ever in like two games. Well, was it was nine, right? It was nine. Yeah, it's like it's like what? Like is like how is that even possible? And he, uh, yeah, he keeps uh, keeps pulling them out, keeps pulling them out. So uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll definitely not be upset uh, with Josh Allen's uh, leading the Bills out into you know I don't know spring workouts or whatever the heck we'll see him next. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was fantastic, and so was Gabe Davis on the, on the negative side. I, mean, I don't know where Stefan Diggs was. Uh, you know, I know that they were saying that he was doubled up and everything like that, but for me, you kind of pay an elite guy to, like, at least make some kind of impact on a game. He had, like, two catches for seven yards. Um, he was getting doubled up, I guess, but, you know, the Chiefs also lost. You know, the Honey Badger really early in the game. They, they had some other injuries, and I don't know where Diggs was, but, you know, whatever. I mean, four touchdown passes, speaking of records, Gabe Davis uh, – a lot of people calling for him earlier in the year, and you, you kind of saw now. Where where did that guy go? I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is on a one-year contract, and I, I you know I'm not trying to knock a guy or anything like that, but I'm not so sure we're going to be seeing a, a veteran come in and take any snaps away from a, a guy like Gabe Davis right now. Because what an unbelievable effort from Gabe Davis! It was just just wow. What was it? His third or his fourth touchdown, Ryan, where he just gave a little bit of a head a head oh. fake back towards the sideline. I mean, that was maybe the best route I've ever seen run in my entire life. That was like, a, legitimately yeah, literally was breaking an, literally broke a, an ankle. And yeah, and you forget it was fourth and thirteen. It was fourth yeah. and thirteen on that throw. So uh, just amazing. Yeah, Gabe Davis was amazing. You're right. Diggs and and Sanders really. You, you can't really remember many highlights. I remember Sanders having a big catch that. PI was called. Okay. I, I will give he did he did have that one, and then Diggs also did catch one of the two point conversions. Yeah, Maybe it was the great, next play after catch. that. Great catch. Yeah, Toe great tap. catch to the back of the end zone. Yep. We'll give him that. You know, but I'm just saying you, you kind of do want a little bit more from Diggs in, in that. Uh, I think he he would have expected he wanted a little bit more from himself in that. But uh, you know, all things considered, last year we had kind of the look uh, with the photo, um, which made the rounds for it seemed like forever, and I'm sure it still will make the rounds. Uh, just accompanied with you know the images of. Josh Allen coming off the field. That's this year's Stefan Diggs photo from last year where he was, you know, watching their celebrations that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think this year it's definitely going to go to Josh Allen. Uh, just, he was sad. He was sad. It yeah. made me sad a little bit. <laughs> guy was heartbroken. <laughs> Can you blame him? No, no, no. Because he was, he was amazing. Like I said, I mean, you're down nine points. I mean, that's such a tough spot. So it was 23-14 after uh, Butker missed the extra point, right? It should have been a 10-point deficit. It was only nine. First and 10 from your own 25, 206 left in the third quarter. You're like, all right, this could be tough for the Bills now. 75-yard dart to Gabe Davis. I mean, 
that was a frozen rope. 40 yards in the air, like a bullet to Gabe Davis for that touchdown, yeah. uh, Nick. I mean, the Chiefs def- defense must have been like, what the hell? Like, how did he, yep. how did he do that? Amazing, yep. right? You trade punts. Bill's ball now down five. And this is when they went on that 17-play drive. And Allen converts this, like, near-impossible fourth and four where he's escaping Chiefs pass rushers, right, dodging guys in the backfield, spinning away, getting to the sideline. And then you just mentioned it, that fourth and 13. I mean, they convert two fourth downs on that drive, and that fourth and 13 with Gabe Davis literally breaking ankles. And then the great two-point conversion grab by, by Diggs, and you're all of a sudden you're up three. The Chiefs go back down. That's when the Tyreek Hill long touchdown. You're back down again, and and then the Bills just come right back. Four plays, 75 yards, less than a minute for the go-ahead score with 13 seconds remaining. Again, finding Gabe Davis. I mean, I did the math on this. In the final 16-plus minutes, uh, Nick, so after the Bills went down nine with 206 remaining, Josh Allen, 11 for 18, 208 yards, three touchdowns, six rushes for 23 yards, and a passer rating of 140.74. I mean, again, it's just disgusting that all the clips from this game, it's going to be Romo pleasuring himself in the booth over Mahomes because Allen is the one who had the legendary performance that we should be talking about. Sometimes you talk about, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the uh, hot takers and, you know, the uh, talking heads on television. You know, we got, we always, Stephen A's always a favorite of mine. I like Stephen A. Uh, I don't really watch Nick Wright very often, but that guy's a big Josh Allen hater. I mean, even him after the game was like, all right, <laughs> Take the I need L. to I need to shut the shut the heck up because Josh Allen is I mean he was elite. I, I don't even know what else to say other than the, the numbers that you provided. I mean he was I think he was PFF's best graded quarterback as well ever, which you know it seems like they don't always get the fancy stats right, but even they got it right. <laughs> he was the best quarterback ever in any postseason ever for them. And it's crazy to think though that on top of all this, they're not even. They're not even going to the AFC Championship game. Like this Pain. is the, like maybe the best quarterback play ever, ever in NFL history. And he, it was in the divisional round. It's such a bummer. Such a bummer. It's it's so painful. It's so painful. Um, uh, and you know, legendary, legendary stuff from Josh Allen. And uh, I think a big talking point. And yeah, and I just want to stick in here too. I mean, out here in. In, I live in New Hampshire, so I get all the Boston sports radio stuff. There's guys been out there saying, oh, Josh Allen, like, he was good last year in empty stadiums, but he's, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Well, take your L. Take your L. Josh yeah. Allen's one of the top two, top three. That's all I'm giving you at this point. He's that good. Um, yeah. And, and that's where we're at with, with Allen. But he doesn't get the ball in overtime, Nick, and a lot of people are uh, pissed about that. Should fans be upset about the overtime rules? I kind of liked what Allen said after the game. He said – the rules are the rules, and if it went the other way, we'd all be celebrating right now, right? I kind of liked what he said, but what's your take on the overtime rules? Do you want to see him changed? I like his uh, complete honesty there. you got to respect that because he's 100% right. Uh, I think sometimes as fans, you get a little hypocritical, but uh, folks, I was listening to this, if you were the Bills and Pat Mahomes didn't touch the ball and you're going to the AFC title game and they're in the rearview rear mirror, you're fist pumping all week and you're maybe never coming down from that high. So, yep. <laughs> like, like that euphoria of that moment, you would never, ever – you know, you're never going to go back and just, you know, uh, admit or, or or whatnot. But it's it's it it is the case. It is what it is, and you knew the rules. And you know, I think a lot of Bills players were saying that. Uh, a couple of them, Deion Dawkins is always very uh, outspoken and gives you a good quote. He thinks it's ridiculous. Um, it is, it is, and it isn't ridiculous, Ryan. Here because you have the the big the big difference here is playoffs versus regular season, which is 
this stat was kind of insane to me. I don't know if you saw us. We put it up on Bill's Wire um, the other day, maybe even today. I think it went up. Um, in the regular season, these the rules are the same. You know, if you kick a field goal, the game goes on. You get a touchdown, game's over. The regular season has the exact same rules. The team that wins the coin toss has won 52% of the games in this scenario, which is insane because in the postseason, the team who wins the opening uh, coin flip is 10-1. So the complete drastic opposite. And I think I think the reason is pretty simple. I think you've got to change it for the postseason 100%. Um, both teams should at least be guaranteed one possession. You want to keep it against one possession at least, and then maybe, okay, touchdown Mahomes, touchdown Allen. Then after that, it's like, all right, touchdown ends at something. You want to add, you want to add that flavor in it for the postseason, sure. You don't, you don't want the game to go on forever. Um, regular season, sure, whatever. But, man, it, I think it sim- simply comes down to look at the quality of quarterback and offense and teams in general in the playoffs. That's why it's ten and one. That's why the record's ten and one. You win a coin flip, you have a lot better chance of of this happening, and it it, it clearly showed that that's the case right there. Yeah, I, that's an that's an interesting ten and one. That's an interesting stat ten, right there. Ten and one, ten and, and one. it's basically fifty fifty in the regular season, which is insane. Again, I think it just comes down to you know you get kind of two mediocre teams, a yeah. decent quarterback play that day. Their defense can get a stop out there maybe, and then the game rolls on. Um, but uh, yeah, and then of course we got some ties factored in there too. Um, but uh, yeah, fifty-two percent. I was like, wow, that's a stark, stark difference of NFL research that they released that. And uh, I thought it was very interesting that the uh, report, at least I saw. I think a couple of people ran with it eventually. But then I saw Ian Rappaport run for it, and uh, you know he works for the league, literally works for NFL.com, works for NFL Network, owned by the league. And he's he kind of was out there saying like, yeah, maybe this has got to change. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, about, I was like, oh, okay. I was ready to come on here and say. <laughs> I'll just keep it the way it is. But now I hear that stat, and I'm like, oh, man, that's that's bad. 10-1. 10-1, you know? that's huge. That's huge. Regular season, I'm fine. I, you want to keep it regular season, I get it. It's still a bummer. It still can affect a lot of things. I get it. I understand. Um, but, yeah, that playoff, right? I'm like, whoa, 10-1. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. I think if they do, I'd, I'd be down. With, I'm fine with them changing it for the playoffs. I hope they leave it for the regular season because let's just, come on. But, you know, maybe make it a 10-minute uh, you know, non-sudden death quarter. So right, like, so we play it out. Then you can bring in clock management and all that. Like, you know, you're you're probably going to get two possessions in ten minutes. You know, make it a one ten minute quarter and then go sudden death from there. After that, something like that. That sure. I, I, you know, if you start going, all right, both teams possess it once and then it's a touchdown or a field. You know, you start getting like I don't want to have like seventy five thousand rules, right? Like, yeah. like just, so maybe. Like leave it the same or go with uh, non sudden death period. I, I think that's where I would go with this. But that also no. comes into a lot of people. Uh, well, not a lot of people, but there's a faction of people that kind of say, "Well, then if you're going to do that, just get rid of it. Get rid of kickoffs. Give them the ball in the forty and let's roll." You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Are we just gonna Are we gonna like modify the game that much? What's going on here? Then you're so, getting close to the college um, rules, and I don't I don't yeah. want the pros to do that. Yeah, I'm kind of the topic. Yeah. It, oh, so, certainly is. Certainly is. Yeah, and, and I think. A part of me is like the game's got to end sometime. You know, if you think about it, weren't we on like a pattern with the Bills and Chiefs, right? Like he was going to go. So, all right, Chiefs get the ball first, score a touchdown. Now Bills get a chance with the modified rules to go and score a touchdown. All right, now it's next score wins. Well, the Chiefs still get that ball back, right? Like you've got to yeah. stop them eventually. you got to stop them eventually. It eventually <clears throat> comes down to your defense having to make a stop. Uh, and I had I had more faith in the Bills. I When I picked the Bills – uh, I you know I thought they were the better team here. I thought they could go into Arrowhead and win, 
but I I backed their defense, Nick. I thought the, the defense was going to be the reason. I thought in that situation, leading with Mahomes have the ball against the Bills defense, I thought they'd get that stop. That's what I thought coming in. I was not surprised in that scenario. I was not surprised that the Bills had the lead in the fourth quarter. I thought it would be that kind of game. But I was disappointed, even without Trey White, I was disappointed that the most efficient defense in football, based on the analytics, wasn't able to get one stop in the fourth quarter or overtime to get this done. That's something that uh, that was disappointing. That was disappointing. I was definitely wrong on that take. Yeah, yeah. That hey, you know, it, it is an elite team too. You know, so I hate to say that. Uh, the you Bills think Mahomes is good? Come on. No. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know that I'm an advocate for saying that the Bills probably played a couple cupcake teams. I don't think that they're the number one defense in the league. I think they're a very good defense, though. I'm not taking that away from them. And yeah, you kind of wish it. Maybe they could have put up a little bit. But at the end, again. To wrap it all together here and the entire thing we've said so far, you said almost at the top of it, Ryan. I mean, they look gassed out there. So they were done. Wow, how much more? How they much were toast. more do you ask? They were, they were absolutely toast. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you could play that all game. We could do another hour on that. Like, beat the Jaguars. Beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you're at home in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in yeah. Buffalo. Uh, but I, I just think, you know, going back to the pain aspect of this, I mean, just beat the Chiefs, which you were 13 seconds away from doing. Uh, beat the Chiefs. You're hosting the AFC title game, Nick, in Buffalo. You're probably going to be a six or seven point favorite against Cincinnati. And you're probably going to be the favorite if you get to the Super Bowl because what happened before kickoff? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both got knocked out on the NFC side. Right? So, I mean, why is this a top three painful, heartbreaking moment for Buffalo? Is because it was on. Wasn't it on a silver platter? Like it was. It was all falling Buffalo's way with 13 seconds left in that game, and then all went to hell. Uh, but silver lining, as 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 tough as this one is to swallow, and I I still can't swallow it. And I'm sure diehard Bills fans, are, they're not even. You know, I'm I'm supposed to be a Patriots fan, and I'm still sick for Bills fans and in this yeah. team. Uh, but I think the silver lining is you're going to break through. You're going to break through. Like, take it from me. Like, I, I watched through the Red Sox curse, and it, they just kept getting closer and closer and painfully losing, and then you finally break through. It's the best thing ever, right? It's the best thing ever when you finally break through. And I think one thing we learned in this game when we were watching Josh Allen just turn into robot mode there, the Bills are going to break through sooner or later. They're get, This is their floor. Their floor is tough, crazy playoff games like this. Eventually, they're going to break through and get theirs. Probably should have been this year, but... Uh, I think they're close. I think they're going to break through eventually. Uh, so harness this energy for the uh, eventual celebration, Nick. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, you, nothing's guaranteed in life, but you feel really good about it. It's, it's I guess, where I'm at, you know. Yeah. You feel really good about where uh, where Allen is, where the Bills are, where this uh, – a lot of the pieces are still in place here. You know, they got got some decent decisions to make this upcoming offseason. We'll get to another podcast for another day on that, but it's nothing like Allen's not locked up. Trey White's not locked up. Uh, Stefan Diggs, no, he's not locked up. Uh, a lot of these guys are locked up. A lot of these guys are definitely going to be back. If you, and if you want to look at the near future, they're definitely going to be back next year. They're definitely probably going to be playing at a pretty similar level. So, you know, we got those couple things going for us. Well, I promise you this, you're going to win the AFC East. I, I can promise you that. All right, I can promise you that. Well, uh, that's, I, I'm not going to jinx anyone. So if you say that, you say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's coming from the Patriots side of it. Uh, all right, so I guess that wraps up our our regular season playoff coverage. I thought we were going to be talking Super Bowl this year, Nick. But uh, hey, I just want to say thanks for showing up every week, man. Thanks for thanks for showing up and doing the show every single week, bringing the energy, keeping it light, keeping it fun. 
bringing your funny little anecdotes in there, even talking about your fantasy team and your sports betting uh, triumphs yes. and losses, right? I mean, it's been it's been a fun year. Nice of you to throw in that I had a couple triumphs. In there. <laughs> we know how we know how few and far between those are, but they do exist, folks. I swear to you. Yeah. Once once in a you know blind blind squirrel blind squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everyone, keep your ears uh, or keep your eyes pinned to Bill's wire. Uh, you know, as news breaks this offseason, free agency and whatnot. Uh, Nick and I will definitely be back to do shows this offseason. Might not be weekly, but we'll be back to to do more episodes uh, throughout the offseason and heading into the draft. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking looking forward to all those for sure. Yeah, same here. You want to say bye to all the listeners, Nick? Uh, The the work, the grind never stops. They'll be around. Come on. We'll catch you all next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.